Networking can make a huge impact on your business, both in a positive way, if you do it right, or it could also backfire and actually be in a negative way if you get it wrong. But don't worry, after listening to this episode, you'll know how to network authentically and like a pro. Welcome to the Get Out Your Way podcast. I'm your host, Osman Sharif from Rapid Transformation, and I'm here to help you get unstuck so you can rapidly grow your business. As a performance coach for small business owners, I know how vital it is for you to truly embrace entrepreneurship from the inside out, which includes transforming your mindset and using strategies that really work with your unique talents, skills, and entrepreneurial superpower. So are you ready to get out your way? Then let's get started. So welcome to episode number 16 and today I've been joined by a very special friend of mine, Leslie Collins. I've known Leslie now for over eight years and Leslie's a network marketing professional in the health and wellness industry and she's an independent consultant with a company called Arbonne International and currently she's an executive regional vice president and she also mentors and coaches individuals to run their own businesses in that industry. I've had the pleasure of working alongside Leslie and hosting a number of training workshops for her team and the wider Arbonne team over the years and also speaking alongside Leslie at one of the UK conferences for Arbonne's district managers. Leslie's also a co-founder of one of the best networking groups in Glasgow called Speedy Meet. So what I love about Leslie is that she's so genuine, she's so down to earth and truly passionate about what she does. And during our conversation, we talk about and dive into how to network like a pro, including the mistakes that Leslie and I see and have done also at times in our past when it comes to networking either face-to-face or online. But before we dive into that conversation, I wanted to give you an update about the very special 90-day mastermind group that I'm hosting, which kicks off in September. In the last episode, I brought to life why masterminds can really be magical for your business and how my experiences have all combined together in creating a mastermind with a difference for you. And I've been getting lots of positive feedback and interest in the mastermind and having conversations with those that are looking to apply to be part of this special group. So if you'd like to rock out the rest of 2018 with my help, along with having the support, accountability, the collaboration and learning from other smart, savvy and inspiring small business owners and entrepreneurs, be sure to check out all the details and apply for your place now. And I'm truly excited about having the opportunity to work with you, to help you to get out your way and achieve very tangible results over a 90 day period to basically make sure that the end of the year ends the way that you want it to. So you can find out all the details and the next steps to take over at rapidtransformation.co.uk forward slash mastermind. But let's not keep Leslie waiting any longer. Come along, grab a coffee or your favourite brew and let's dive into the topic of how do you network like a pro? So welcome to the podcast, Leslie. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm really well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I love the fact that you just shared with me that this is your first time being an interviewee on a podcast. First time. Very excited about it, actually. Oh, definitely. Well, we've obviously had many, many conversations over the last eight years. So this is like, imagine me and you are in our favorite coffee shop. 
typically it's a village hotel that we often hang out in um, yeah. with the Starbucks in, in our hand. So I want you to imagine that we're just having a conversation together, but we have the wonderful listeners of the podcast. They get to you know effectively eavesdrop in on our conversation. Cool. Sounds good. So share a little bit about your journey so far and how it, it brought you to do what you're doing right now, Leslie. I started out as an employee after university. I had a career in marketing, which I enjoyed, but probably wasn't fulfilled. I definitely have always been a hard worker. I've always been up for a challenge. So when a friend started a business with Arbonne, I watched on the sidelines for a little while, as you do, and then decided, actually, I should find out more about this. And when I did, um, I jumped in with both feet. I started working my business when I was 24 years old, alongside my marketing career. Within two years, I left the nine to five, and I've been self-employed ever since. I'm now now 33, so that's been, what, seven years self-employed? It's been a while. Yeah. And in terms of that transition, Leslie, you know, obviously we've had a, a similar journey. I've came from the corporate world as well and then went as this it and decided to yes. take that plunge. How was that decision for you? So talk me through, you know, that period where you thought, am I going to take that plunge and go full time? Yeah, well, actually, I suppose I would consider myself prior to starting my business as a very risk averse person. And what I loved about building my business with Arbonne was that there was there was no risk. You know, this was a business I could work alongside having that salary coming in at the same time. And then I guess when it came to breaking away, I was actually at a level where financially I was I was earning much more from my Arbonne business than I was in my, my nine to five job. So that decision for me was actually easy at that point. I actually enjoyed what I did. So I went part-time for a few months and then I decided to break away altogether because I loved, loved, loved what I was doing um, in my own business. And I loved the fact that that was mine and that what I put in, I got out of it and I had real passion and drive for that. So that decision actually in the end was really, really easy. And I love the fact that different people have a different kind of reality in that. So obviously, I know in terms of your world, especially within network marketing and in Arbonne, I've had the pleasure of coaching and mentoring many, many consultants over the years. Everybody has a different version of what success looks like. Some people, they go, I want to start my own business, but they want to do that on the side of their business or as well as, and other people go, actually, I do want to do this in a a full-time way. And I know one of your great team members, she does that as well. She's still got, I think you know who I'm talking about. She's still got a very successful corporate career, but she's done so well in her business. So tell me a wee bit about that in terms of how different people can have that preconception that there's only one way to kind of have their business. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And actually what really attracted me to starting this business was the fact that I could work it alongside. And I guess that was why I started this business was additional income. That was the drive for me. Um, It wasn't necessarily self-employment. It was additional income. And that really drove me to starting this. And that's with my colleague that you're referring to. That's exactly what it still is for her. She absolutely loves what she does. And she builds this still additionally. What I do as a business with Arbonne, it could never be a full-time job. You know, there's there's not enough, you know, and it's very much still a part-time business for me. It's just that I quite enjoy just enjoying my life. And now I've got my little boy, so I work my business around him. Definitely. And obviously, I know we're going to deep dive into what you do with the other part of your time as well. But what I also love is, and we figured this out a couple of years after getting to know each other, is we actually did the same course at Glasgow University, right? Business and management. And what year did you graduate in again, Leslie? 
oh gosh, now you're asking me. <laughs> uh, 2007, would it be? Yeah, okay. So I graduated in 2003. So it just shows my age there as well. Um, but what I love is obviously we didn't know each other during that period of our time, but we kind of went through a very similar path. But on reflection, I always laugh at this when I think about it. When I was going through the business and management degree, in my mind, I always just was just thinking about a corporate career. Okay. And obviously, you know, I don't regret anything because I think we learn from it. But when I look back and I think about even the way that I treated the, the course and the choices that I made, like remember we had choices and I know it might have changed slightly between our years, but we actually had choices like to do courses around or modules around small business and entrepreneurship. And guess what? I avoided all of those subjects because I thought, let's go to you know corporate strategy and marketing communications, etc. But when I look back at that, I think, why did I not do some of those courses? And how could they potentially have helped us doing what we do now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know. And I didn't actually do any of these myself either. Yeah. It, was, um, it was business and I also did psychology as well. And, and really, it's, it's funny, isn't it, when you think back to education? Because when I think back to the person I was when I was going through education, well, I just didn't know what I wanted, yeah. really. That's, that's the truth of it. And I think quite often we can get led down a career path that we don't even necessarily want. It's just what we feel we should do in the end up. And I think exactly. a lot of people are suffering from that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad thing or thinking about, oh, the choices I made aren't serving me. But, yeah. you know, we often make the best decisions at that time for us. And then, like you say, you'd sometimes get to that point and go, is this it? Or you you just don't know what you don't know. So then you might see an opportunity or something else that crosses your path that you think, oh, maybe I could do that. And that's where you get to that interesting point where you can either ignore that opportunity and just go, nope, let me just focus on what I'm doing. Again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing as long as you're consciously making that choice. Or you can start to go, what if? What if I take that opportunity? And that's obviously where your past and your future can completely change in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can I can really, really relate to that because I think that there was a massive part of me that it would have been easier to ignore what was going on with Arbonne. It would have been easier to ignore that this was an opportunity that was at my feet. And the reason I say that is because I think it takes guts to start anything. And although with Arbonne, I found myself in a, in a community and there was a lot of support and encouragement and it was, you know, risk-free in my eyes, um, certainly in terms of finances, it's still scary to start yeah. something for yourself. And so I think it's easier and it would have been easier for me just to say, nope, I'm in a corporate environment. I've got a job with a local authority. You know, it's stable. It's all the, the things that your parents tell you to look for and all of that. But actually, it was too good to ignore what was there. And, and when I really delved into what it could offer, it was yeah it was something that I had to, I had to be courageous and jump in and go for and it's like anything you know some business types are for you some business types are not for you and that's yeah. where when I'm working with my clients particularly and mentoring or coaching them we really get down into the well what actually is important to you in terms of the design and often we then look at things like your values of what's important even in terms of your talents and your superpower and when we boil it down and actually understand what do you want to make happen in terms of your goals then it gives you a bit more of a, a clear-cut criteria to go, right, does that option actually work for me? And I've had countless times um, where people have said, do you know when I actually look at it now, what I'm currently doing absolutely ticks off all my boxes and I'm really happy with it. And it stops that, that little niggle from being in their mind because they've made that decision. And other times it gives them that real wake-up moment to say, 
this is why I'm not feeling fulfilled or why I see or have heard about these opportunities or what's happening. And I've, I've kept, kept saying no, but I keep thinking about it or I keep waking up or random things happen that make me often go, right, why am I thinking about this again? <laughs> and that's yes. where you do, do need to kind of pay attention and think, right, what am I actually going to do now as well? It's decision time. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely agree. So I'm sure you've had um, an interesting journey and I've obviously seen you go through this journey um, over the years as well. But what have been some of the ways that you have actually been getting in your way when it comes to growing your business over the years, would you say? I think that we come across lots of challenges and I think probably the biggest thing is mindset. Um, I, over the years, have realized, I think the more you grow, the more you realize you need to grow. And I've went on a massive personal development journey over the past eight years, nine years now of being a part of Arbonne. Um, you realize that fear holds you back, that limiting beliefs hold you back, and working through each of those um, has been an absolute blessing over the years because it doesn't just impact your business, it impacts your life, your relationships, how you deal with situations and everything that's thrown at you in general life as well. Exactly. And there, is there anything that jumps to mind where you think, actually, you had a lot of fear around it, but when you look back, you think you're really proud that you did just go and do it? I guess public speaking would be a big part. Um, certainly not something that you ever have to do being part of this business. But as I grew a business and as I became a leader, I realized that i had opportunities to stand in front of an audience and talk about how they could build their business and how my own learning experiences and be able to share that and give back and obviously share the opportunity and it scared me so much <laughs> getting in front of people and it's something that quite early on probably three or four months I realized that I just had to do it but Every single month that I did an event, I knew it was on a certain date. Every single month, I would feel sick. Every single month, and I did it anyway. Yeah. I'm now at the point, years and years on, that I love getting up. I still get nervous getting in front of a crowd of people, but I remember that absolute ill feeling I would have every day, waking up in the morning, knowing that I was speaking that night and feeling so anxious about it. But I'm so proud that I pushed through and I never cancelled and I never said I can't make it, I'm not well or gave the excuses that went through my mind. It's about courage, isn't it? It's not about being good at something. It's about having the courage to do it and push through that fear until it becomes easy. Exactly. Yeah, that, that was, that's probably been a big one for me. And I've loved seeing that that journey as well. I remember, obviously, the first time our paths crossed, I saw you deliver a lot of presentations and smaller groups. And then, you know, over the years, I remember when we were in Coventry, um, where I was um, one of the guest speakers at the uh, district manager um, yes. training by Arbonne UK, and you were one of the guest speakers as well. And we were flying down together. And I just remember you were just so relaxed around it. And you were just like, yeah, bring it on and, and getting to see you then. I think you were a couple of speakers before me on that day. And I just remember looking and thinking, I remember when Leslie used to really worry about this, but whereas actually it doesn't phase you. And like you say, we still, even me, I still have that little bit of adrenaline or a little bit of a, okay, I'm about to start yeah. speaking. So, but I think that's a healthy thing. It keeps you at the top of your game and it keeps you thirsty for improving, but it just goes to show it's all those small steps that can get us to where we are. So we do need to just get out our way and actually just do it. 
definitely totally agree so you talked about how obviously Arbonne is part of what you do and being a mummy is part of what you do as well as lots of other things and um, I know you run one of the best networking groups in Glasgow Speedy Meet so what sparked you to begin Speedy Meet Leslie well I was actually going to a lot of networking events and I realized that I was rubbish at networking <laughs> that's what sparked Speedy Meet um, because what I would do is I would go to um, an informal networking event and I would stand and I would meet a couple of people and then I would build rapport with someone who I really enjoyed speaking to and I would speak to them for the most part of the event and then I would leave and I would think that was a great hour and a half but I spoke to two people um, and so I started Speedy Meet because myself and um, another girl got together had a conversation at another networking event and we spoke about that exact thing and we realized that there was such a need for some more structure and that's what sparked the idea of Speedy Meet. So to talk us through in terms of what what does Speedy Meet do that gives that structure? Speedy Meet's just a two and a half minute round so it means that with 45 minutes of networking that you're getting to be in front of 15 or so people and then get the informal networking side before and after so it's efficient networking is what I call it. Definitely and I love the fact obviously I've been to Speedy Meet a number of times and what it does is because I was like you I would go to networking events not one of my most favorite things, I'll honestly admit, uh, but I would gravitate towards either the same people if I had known them from a previous event and or, you know, the people I started to speak to, I'd speak to them for the majority of the event. But what I like about Speedy Meet is you get to have, even though it's short, sharp conversations, it's then so much easier after when it comes to the informal part to go, actually, let's pick up that conversation or I definitely want to hear a bit more about what you do or even connect other people to the people that you spoke to during that that short kind of session as well and just make those relationships start to flow yeah exactly I mean you you quickly get to find out you know actually we've got a lot to talk about so we should continue that conversation and you're leaving in my eyes you're leaving that event feeling like that was a really productive hour and I got to meet a lot of people and you know you go from there with with those relationships So obviously, we can talk a lot about networking, and that's what I'd love to dive into for the rest of this um, interview or this coffee chat. Um, So how has networking helped you in your business? Obviously, I know primarily you're in a network marketing business, but generally, how has networking helped you, Leslie? Well, lots. I mean, I, I suppose people go to networking events first and foremost because they want to promote their business and they want to get the word out there. And it definitely has been great for that, of course. But it's also been other things as well. I think self-employment, when you work for yourself, sometimes you can want to speak to people more. You know, you're not in an office and maybe having those chats to people every day. So it's great for friendships and collaborations. And then it's also about referrals. So I think the sometimes people think that maybe if you don't if you meet somebody and it's maybe not an instant, oh, you know, that would be a fit for me or it doesn't mean that they don't know someone who would who it would be perfect for. So actually referrals are a massive thing that comes out of networking long term as well. Definitely. I totally see that, you know, from first hand experience as well. And it's interesting what you said about, you know, being that self employed business owner, there can be that feeling of loneliness at times or compared to especially being part of a bigger team. And we talked about this um with my previous guest, um Lucy Griffin Stiff, around that can be something that a lot of business owners um go through as well. So definitely when you get yourself out there, it gives yourself a chance to go right I'm actually showing up and they're like my associate colleagues as well yeah. but just they all do their own things as well 
Yeah, definitely. And it's that support network as well, isn't it? Even people that are from different businesses, to be able to have those conversations of, oh, you're doing that and that's great and that was a great idea and I came across this and, you know, I found this podcast and it was really helpful and to pass that on, it's it's great. Exactly. So where do you see some people from your experience, especially with networking and hosting Speedy Meet, um, where do you see people going wrong or getting in their way when it comes to networking? I know we've obviously said just speaking to the same people and not actually kind of increasing the network. Anything else from your experience? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really difficult because we all have to start somewhere, don't we? And I think back to when I started going to networking events and I didn't have a clue what to do and how to be and I think you quickly realise after you've been to a few events what to do and what not to do I suppose a few things that I've come across over time have been just going around handing your business cards out um you know I think it is a common mistake that people make with the first time they go to an event but really you're there to create relationships to listen you know to, to have conversations um, and so I think that's an area that people go wrong I think another massive one is no follow-up I mean basically I, I believe if you don't follow up if you're not taking half an hour out of your diary after a networking event purely to follow up there's no point in even going to the event it's just been wasted time because it's all in the follow-up it's all in the building the relationship after you've met someone at a networking event I absolutely agree with you there I think the magic's definitely in the follow-up and because that's where those relationships and the conversations can definitely continue yeah absolutely and I think a lot of people unfortunately maybe go to a couple of networking events and maybe to anyone who's listening to this podcast thinking you know networking doesn't work for me you know maybe what is it and the one thing I would say is persist it's I mean in business and in life it's persistence is the the key to winning everything isn't it and it certainly is the key in networking find a couple of events go to them consistently over time um, rather than thinking after one or two, oh, this doesn't work, that didn't work for me. It's definitely a long-term thing rather than a go along to one and you're not necessarily going to win business by going to one event. Definitely. I love what you say there about is being consistent. And I also believe as well, less is more because I see so many people as well that, again, it comes down to personality, which we'll talk about as well, but where they're always out there networking here, there, everywhere, but they're just turning up and, you know, they're not going on a routinely basis, for example. And obviously, there, t- there are some times where you go, is this this group, for example, serving? Is it actually kind of adding value, for example, as well? So you yeah. do have to kind of mix things up and, and be very conscious and deliberate with your time. But like you say, so many people, and I used to be like this as well, where I'd go to one or two and I'd go, oh, this isn't working. But that would be, you know, the same thing as like, it's an analogy that's often used, but you go somewhere and you go, right, let me find this person that I want to be with the rest of my life. I'll I'll show up in one or two dates and let's see if we're going to yeah. get married. We don't typically do that, okay? Yeah. So therefore, you do need to be persistent. You do need to be consistent consistent as well as persistent obviously not like a stalker but (laughs) it gives you that chance just to go well even if you choose one or two places that you think is a good fit for you and even your business then it allows you to then go right that's part of my rhythm and routine of my week or my month and for me to show up and be very active there as well yeah I totally agree find a couple of events that you really enjoy that you know you just you like the environment, you're enjoying the company, the people that are there and then just continually go to them and, you know, see how you go after five, six, 
sessions, you'll start to see the traction, I believe, from actually being being at those events, it becomes productive. Definitely. And then it gives you that choice and the, the chance to reflect in terms of even when you are showing up, are you showing up in the best way? So what are yeah. the strategies that are you using? So even after a couple of times, if you think, well, I'm not getting anything from it, then you can go, well, am I having conversations? What's my follow-up like? Am I mixing with others? And even I think, you know, one of the best things that we can do is be that connector. Um, so it's not always about what you're going to get from it, but the amount of times I'll say, actually, I just I was just speaking to this really interesting person and from what you've said, let's just go and, you know, let me introduce you to them. And that has a magic power for you as well because people go, well, thank you. And also it shows that you're not just all self-serving and more people are then more interested to go, oh, tell me more about what you're doing. And um, you have a more of a genuine connection, I think, from that way. Definitely. I, I totally agree. It's it's all about that. And it's all about giving back, building relationships and being a listener, isn't yeah. it? Listening much more than you speak is definitely the key in life, in relationships and in networking. Somebody said to me once, you know, it's crazy not to have business cards at networking. And Actually, I disagree. I think that you can go along to networking and you can be a listener. It doesn't have to be about you. In fact, it's better if it's not. Listen to what that other person has to say. Think about how you can help them. And then think about how, if and how, your business could be a fit for them at some point down the line and then be able to follow up. People are not listened to enough, in my opinion. And so when we have the opportunity to listen, that's a really nice thing for somebody else. And that's what builds relationships. Exactly. I remember once um, one lady sticks to mind where um, it was a good few years ago and we were having a genuine conversation and she had young children as well. And so we weren't talking about business, but we were talking about at that time we were looking at holiday and I was just talking about how there was that balance between because I honestly am still not um, after being a father for um, what's coming up for nearly six and a half years with um, Caius. I'm still not one of those guys that would love to go to a holiday where it's filled with like, you know, water slides at the core of the holiday. Does that make sense? I still like the yes. element of you get to switch off. I love my boys, but I don't want to be surrounded by everybody else's kids for the whole holiday. Right. Yes. So I was kind of explaining this to her and we're having a good laugh about it. And then um, we obviously kind of have connected and exchanged contact details. And it literally was about a week later where she had seen a review plus a bit of a deal on a holiday and she literally dropped me an email to say, oh, I was just thinking about what we're talking about. This might be something that you would love. And it made such an impact. So I thought, do you know, there was no mention about her business or let's do business together. It was just that element of genuinely, you popped into my mind. And this is something I think would actually be um, useful for you. And that made such an impact in terms of I've seen her over the years. And it's very much more like that element of where we're good, you know, business friends as well. But a lot of that I, I credit back to because she was genuinely listening to what I was saying rather than just listening with the, okay, when can, when's he going to be quiet so I can then talk about my business or what, what's happening in my world? Absolutely. You know, it's that whole know me, like me, trust me scenario, yeah. isn't it? And, you know, we do business with people we know, who we like and who we trust. And that that takes time. You know, it's yeah. definitely not something that you meet someone at a networking event and it's an instant thing. Sometimes that happens. Absolutely. But I would say it's rare. And I would say that networking is definitely something that's done over the long term. And it's funny with that, that experience that you had. I would bet that whatever her business is, if you would ever ask for a recommendation for something like that, you would think of her instantly. You would be so keen and excited to give her that recommendation. Yeah, 
because 100%. of that experience yeah definitely definitely and one thing i see again i have conversations all the time about networking with my clients as well as especially when there's a bit of apprehension or fear so we have to put it into context sometimes because it's a new environment or a new group of people you can like we talked about with the presentations Leslie, it can feel a bit right okay i'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone so just recognizing that for what it is but other times where people get quite worried about it I genuinely kind of dig into it in terms of going, right, why is it when you think about that event, it's filling you with dread? Because if it is, there's something around it that actually is not serving you. So it might be that it's the wrong type of environment or the wrong type of structure or even the wrong type of people, or you're not really comfortable about, you know, your messaging. And we talked about this a lot on um, the podcast that I had with, with Lucy, which was episode number 14. So, you know, if you know what you're all about, if you know what your business or your brand is, for example, then it means that you, you should just be turning up to networking events by being you and mm. not thinking, oh, I need to put my, you know, my business hat on because that's where it can feel quite false or it can feel like hard work. Any thoughts on that from you, Leslie? Yeah, definitely. I think it's about becoming comfortable with your brand. I think you're you're absolutely right. And I think, again, coming back to not putting pressure on yourself to do a pitch at a networking event, because actually, I feel like that's where it all goes wrong. When you feel like you're pitching to everyone who you meet, instead, just put the listening ears mm-hmm. on that that's it for me it's about listening to other people and of course they're going to ask you that question of what you do and yeah. you can authentically speak about that and maybe it's a case of just before you go along to a networking event condense that message yeah. what is it you do in simple simple terms because it definitely shouldn't go into anything more than a couple of sentences in my opinion Exactly. And that's where, especially with a format of Speedy Meet, where, you know, especially the, the first part of it, where it is quite a, a quick opportunity to get to know, inevitably people will ask you, oh, so what do you do or what brings you here? Um, so if you, you can articulate, you know, what you do, who you work with or, or why you do it, that's where it can have that, that sticky factor rather than sounding very business-like or very corporate or too rehearsed, like an elevator speech as well, can often turn yes. people off. Yes, I totally, totally agree. Be yourself. I mean, it's advice that we get all the time, isn't it? And sometimes it's easier said than done. But um, yeah, no, definitely taking the time to kind of consider what's my message here? What what do I want to get across to somebody who I meet? And what's also easy for somebody to understand? Because something I have come across a lot in networking is that I will leave a conversation and I won't have a clue. I'm no further forward yeah. on what that person does because because it's become so difficult to understand and that's jargon people get into their own industry speak don't they and we don't consider what does the outside person understand about this how can I make it accessible to the normal person who doesn't know my industry Absolutely. And that's where it can be that that curse of just being too close to our business or or assuming that everybody knows as well. So obviously, I know you do do a lot of networking online as well. So any kind of tips that you have from the differences between the do's and don'ts of networking online versus the face to face type of speedy meet type of networking, Leslie? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think with online, it's a platform that we can't ignore in the 21st century. It's an opportunity for us to network on a global scale, which is absolutely amazing. And over the years, I've been able to introduce people to 
um, my product and my business through online platforms, which is absolutely amazing and shouldn't be ignored. Um, I think people do it well and I think people do it really badly as well. Um, I think the main thing that I come across in terms of what not to do, and I get it a lot on LinkedIn, is that when you add someone or accept a friend request, they send you a spiel about their business. And for me, that's just an instant. I don't actually want to be connected with this person anymore. If they're not going to take the time to understand what I do, who I am, and it's just a spiel that gets sent to everyone, to me, that's not attractive. And I think that that would be the case for most people. So again, it comes back to the building of relationships, yeah. take interest in what other people do. And I would say, personally for me, online relationships, take them offline to continue that conversation. If, if there's business to be done, if there's conversations to be had, um, for me, it's about, it might start online, but where possible, take it, take it offline to a coffee, ideally, or maybe even to a, a Zoom call or something if they're global or you know too far away exactly and i love the fact there's so much that we could dive into in that last couple of minutes particularly so especially around the element of taking it offline 100 percent agree and i know that plays particularly well to your personality and also my personality and superpower mm-hmm. as well but the flip side also i think works well and again it depends on your business what i mean by that is if you are having great conversations with someone at, at a networking event and then they connect with you whether that's on linkedin or whatever the social media platform might be that's where you get to also show up and be that that reminder but also not be in their face so the amount of times that i've been networking or connected with people and then i see them again and then they refer to oh i love that blog post that you did or that was really interesting and that then shows me you know sometimes we can get so in that zone of why am i even bothering putting the time or effort into the social media part of our business but it then just kind of helps just it's like that that breadcrumbs type of approach so all those little breadcrumbs that you're putting there just brings you back to that person's mind and builds and strengthens that relationship or gives them a different perspective of what you do or, or who you are as well so hopefully that is also a, a bit of a, a kick up the the backside for some people where they go actually i don't you know I, I connect with people but then i'm not active on those platforms so therefore you know what's the point as well yeah absolutely we have to be present don't we exactly I see it a lot actually on LinkedIn and I suppose that really goes hand in hand with a lot of in-person networking events everyone's on LinkedIn so if you're not on LinkedIn I would my advice would be get on LinkedIn if you're if you're wanting to network in a business capacity um but then it's about showing up there and it takes the average person what is it eight to twelve exposures before acting on anything and it's funny because I have a lot of connections on LinkedIn and you know, different other social media platforms and I've seen their business that many times that it might be 20, 30 times yeah. <laughs> really that I've seen it subconsciously that I'm like, actually, that is really interesting. So you need to be showing up and showcasing what you're doing for sure and adding value as well. For sure, for sure. So I also love the fact that, you know, with all my guests, I ask them the question around, okay, what makes you unique? And the thing that I use for that is your wealth dynamics profile and your entrepreneurial superpower. And you're actually the first person on the podcast so far that is a deal maker, Leslie. Okay. So let me just set the scene for those that might think, well, that's a bit of a jargon and what's this man talking about? Well, with every single entrepreneur, there's different personalities at play. There's different games that we can play, which which means that there's different strategies. So what would work for me might not work for Leslie and vice versa. But when you understand what your superpower is, 
it then allows you to think, well, how do I spend more of the time doing the things that will get me better results, that I'll enjoy doing, and actually that'll be more natural to me. So I'm a trader profile, which is very similar. So in terms of me and Leslie are kind of different profiles, but we're kind of on the same side of the wealth dynamics square. And it came as no surprise, knowing that you're a deal maker, that you started speeding me, okay? Because... <laughs> Deal makers are absolutely natural networkers. Okay. So generally, again, just give a bit of a background. They tend to really nurture relationships. They are in it for the long haul. Um, they would never sacrifice a, a short term win for, uh, a, you know, against a long term gain or to screw up a relationship in a way. So talk me through that and the listeners around. You know, how has knowing that you are a deal maker helped you when it comes to growing your business and also networking, Leslie? Oh, it's great. You know, it's really interesting. I'm so glad that I got this done. And I would recommend for anyone who's not had that profiling done to, to do it. And I guess it was something I kind of knew that I was. But when I started to delve into it and all the characteristics around it, I realized absolutely. And, and definitely it's a strength yeah. and to, to use that strength as well. Um, yeah, how has it really, I think I've touched on a lot of this throughout the chat, really talking about relationships, relationships are everything when it comes to networking and definitely what I've found and certainly in starting Speedy Meet is that I am somebody who puts people together and it's very much like you spoke about earlier if I hear somebody who has a need for something I get excited about the fact that I know someone else who could help them and vice versa I love that and what I find is that that plays out in a way and it's not why I do it but it definitely comes back to me as in people then want to refer people to me and they want to help me to grow my business and it works in that way so I'm a collaborator I love working with others I've met people through Speedy Meet and other networking events and we've went on to start events together which have been mutually beneficial and that works really well for me I enjoy it and it works for my business as well exactly and that's where especially as a deal maker the the natural personality or their characteristics are they don't always have to be the loudest in the room and that's important to know because even when you go to any networking event you want to make sure that you are doing it in your own way so there are times you might show up to an event and you see well why is it that there's, you know, one or two people or, you know, a certain group of people that they are the very outgoing, extroverted, charismatic people, right? Let me try and be like them. But they might be more like a star profile from a wealth dynamics perspective. So if you try to do that, it would work and vice versa. And obviously, I know our circles cross and connect in many ways, Leslie. But the mm -hmm. amount of times people say to me whenever they, they talk about you, obviously, always in a nice way. And um, it's always like, Leslie's just so genuine. She puts in the time and the effort and consistency. And that's where, especially with a deal maker, they're always about nurturing those relationships and being consistent. Whereas some of the other profiles, like a creator or a star, they might not necessarily have that same kind of willpower when it comes to consistency. So that's where they might have to put more strategies into place when it comes to networking in particular. And, you know, another point on that, and we've had this conversation before and, and looking at the different profiles. And I think that probably a lot of people can relate to the fact that you can maybe look at other personality types who are in the same industry as you and think that that's why they're doing better than me, because I should be like that. And actually, it's 
completely the wrong way to think because you need to be it's going back to being yourself isn't it and using your own skills we can't be somebody else we can't be a different personality it's about utilizing what we have to the best of our ability and you know for for me happiness integrity is about being in alignment you know what when what we do we see and what we think is all in alignment and when you know your profile when you know how you work you can work in that way, apply that to your business and your life and feel very content and happy with that and with that process. Exactly. And this is definitely another podcast episode in its own rights as well, because yeah. obviously I know a number of people that are in your wider team and many of them have done the profiling test as well and, and coaching. And that's what I love to see how they've all reached, you know, very similar levels um, to you and they're continuously growing but they've got different profiles. I know, you know, you've got people in your team that are mechanic profiles, for example. We've got others that are more kind of like supporters and stars and creators. But even just, you know, taking that back down to the fundamentals of when you're working or collaborating with people, at least you know, for example, like the way that you network might be very different from the way that, you know, a mechanic person or entrepreneur might network and, and, or a Lord profile. So it just gives you a chance not to put the blinkers up and say, networking's not for me or I can't do that. It's more of a, how can I do it in a way that would be more natural to me or that it would work for me? So therefore, you're not giving yourself a hard time trying to do, do it in a way that somebody else would do as well. Yes, absolutely. So I could bang on about this all of the time. I mean, it's one of the things that I think every single business owner should do because it makes a huge impact. So if anybody here is listening and you haven't already done your Wealth Dynamics profile, then all I'm saying is, why not? And what are you waiting for? If you want to find out how you can do that and also access the bonus materials to bring that to life, you can access that through rapidtransformation.co.uk forward slash 16. There'll be a link to that where you can find out what your superpower is and also the so what will you do with it, which is a real key part. Yes. So Leslie, there's obviously so much we can continuously chat about and we can have many more coffees as well. I'm, I'm really kind of now hankering for a Starbucks caramel macchiato. Um, <laughs> obviously very skinny without any kind of, you know, fattening cream. Of course. Um, but is there anything else? So if we were to start to wrap up, is there anything else from your experience that you see small business owners do or not do? And it doesn't just have to be around networking, but it really frustrates you. And you just would love to go up and give them a shake and say, come on, it's time for you to get out your way. Yeah, I guess something that I have also experienced is time management. I think it's really, really easy as a small business owner, especially if you've been working for somebody for a while and then you make that break to go self-employed and I've been there and you have no time management of your day. Your days just seem to just go day after day after day and you don't feel productive and actually Osman you've been very very helpful with me on time management skills and different techniques that I can apply uh, the book The One Thing yeah. has been I've, I've got it out again recently because I needed to because we need to remind ourselves don't we about being efficient with our time and now that I have a little boy my time is more precious so I have to be even more disciplined with the time that I have um, but I, get, I think that's something for, for many businesses owners particularly one man bands struggle with day to day and I think it's a massive thing if you can get to grips on your time management everything flows better obviously we're more productive and enjoy the journey as well much more I love the fact that you you tagged me in the the LinkedIn post saying Osman yeah. I'm taking your advice in terms of I've changed my environment and I'm also batching tasks as well <laughs> yes exactly 
best definitely so obviously <laughs> we, we talked a lot about time management as well so if you haven't listened to it already you can go to episode number seven where i did a whole podcast episode about three easy ways to do more in less time absolutely would recommend that and then we had the wonderful joe bendel over on episode number eight where she talked about this surprising truths about being super productive as well so again if that is one of the things that frustrates you or you know that you're getting in your own way definitely go and check out those episodes. I do also laugh, Leslie. I think people would start to think me and you are coffee addicts. I love the fact <laughs> that over the last few months, how many times have we randomly now bumped into each other in either a Costa Coffee or a Starbucks? And typically it's with the, the lovely Dylan and I get to have a little cuddle. Uh-huh. Um, but it's been, it's been random amounts of times where I look up and I go, oh, there's Leslie. And um, what I love about it and why I'm bringing this up is what it also shows me is how consistent you are because you're always like, oh, I'm just meeting this person. I'm having a coffee with this person. Or, you know, obviously, you know, whether you're meeting them to show, um, have a conversation about business or to continue that, that relationship, I always just look around and go, even though you're so busy, you've got <laughs> a, a beautiful wee boy that you are looking to grow and shape as well. You're still finding that time to, to network and basically grow your business as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I love, love, love what I do. And I enjoy the process of actually doing it. And I think that's half the battle, isn't it? Totally. Um, but consistency is everything. Obviously, I've been building a business for, for nine years now. And I do see a lot of people, not only in my industry, but in, in all walks of life and with many things, not just business, in that roller coaster ride of up and down and up and down. And it is a very tiresome, very difficult, challenging journey with any business when you're in that place. And I guess what I've learned over the years is to enjoy the process. And when you're building consistently, doing a bit of what you need to be doing every single day, you can enjoy it. You can embrace that rather than yeah. always feeling like you're on a roller coaster ride. Exactly. Because my, my key indicator is if you are, or even me personally, if you're not enjoying something over a period of time consistently, something's not right. Either it's your design, either it's your mindset, or it's the strategies, and something needs to be fine-tuned or overhauled to allow you to actually get those results and, and to enjoy what you do, which is fundamental for me. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find out more about you, Leslie, and could connect with you and also find out a bit more about Speedy Me as well? Well, LinkedIn is the best place on all those fronts. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and I will share information about all aspects of what I do on there. I would love to connect and have a conversation with anyone who would like to. Definitely. So I will put the links to your LinkedIn profile and um, any other relevant links as well over on the show notes, which you can find at rapidtransformation.co.uk forward slash 16. So Leslie, it has been a real pleasure. How was your first rodeo of being a podcast guest, would you say? I loved it. (laughs) I loved it. The only thing that was missing was my coffee. I totally agree. So I'm going to get one now. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, you enjoy, you have one from me and um, I look forward to us actually having our next coffee in person. So thank you for your time. I know there's so many valuable nuggets that everybody here will be able to put into action and to basically help them to be more a pro when it comes to networking. So thank you for your time and I'll catch up with you again soon, Leslie. Thanks so much. Speak to you soon. Cheers. So I'm sure you're now super excited to get out there and network even more. Am I right? Because truly, it's all about helping you to rapidly grow your business and get out your way. And remember, if you're wanting to make real tangible magic happen in your business over a 90-day period, then check out all the details for the next 90-day Rapid Transformation Mastermind that's starting very soon. 
You can find out all the details and apply for your spot over at rapidtransformation.co.uk forward slash mastermind. And until next time, promise me that you'll get out there and network like a pro. Bye for now.